The VC Show, let's go. Welcome to the VC Show presented by Caesar Sportsbook on Omaha Audio. I'm VC, and you know who that is right there, Roz Godon Wood. Hey, what's up, Roz? What's going on? How was Vegas? Let's start there. How was Summer League? I know you were out there doing your thing thing. How was it? <laughs> what's up, Vince? It's good to see you. Yes. Uh, Summer League was awesome. You know, I was right at the top of it, so all of the star right. players yeah. were out there still playing. Um, I got to cover the number two and three draft picks. I saw Javari. Uh, I covered Chet. Um, got to interview uh, Benedict Mathurin. So I had a, a lot of interaction with some of the up-and-coming players. And for me as a reporter, it's really nice because they remember this moment too. Like they're at the beginning of their careers. Everybody's a little antsy, a little excited, very eager, very sweet. Um, it's actually for me as a reporter, a really nice way to connect with guys right at the, the top of their career and develop that relationship. And, and it was really cool. It was packed. The star players was out there. I saw LeBron, I saw Draymond, I saw everybody was out there. So, you know, it's a vibe in Vegas for summer league. And I, I'll tell you two things, uh, you know, well, I didn't get to do summer league. Okay. I never your- got to experience that, but but because my year was the uh, lockout year, so we I got drafted, I signed, and didn't see anyone from the organization again until January. <laughs> so it was like a great moment, but there was no summer league for us. And, and once I got back, it was a fifty-five game season, and you know I, I played well, and they they told me they didn't want me to play. You're right. And, but what I ended up doing, I ended up, ended up going back to school. Uh, so while, you know, guys were playing, I was actually in a classroom trying to finish, finish school at the time. Uh, so I didn't get to experience it as a player, but I obviously got to experience the vibe in Vegas on the other side as a reporter uh, and, and an analyst as well. So it was uh, it's, it's, it's a cool, cool, cool situation. And, you know, I, I, I have seen a lot of people talk about how should players handle playing in in summer league and you know yeah. I, and I, I and i've been wanting to talk about that because i hear people talk about it and I, and I have my view on it i think these kids should approach it as everything yes there's not it's not the real players you're not playing against the superstars or the superstars mm-hmm. but organizations get the t- opportunity to see what they have to to better you when it comes time for the real thing or uh, players get a chance to see what the nba is like how fast the game is uh how how it's refereed um you know, it's a lot different than college. I, I think they let them play a little more in college sometimes mm-hmm. than, and then they do in the NBA. So they get to learn the different, you know, ins and outs of the league, what the, what the can and can't get away with. And then obviously it's a, it's a, it's a I don't want to say culture shock, but it's a, it's, a, it's a wowing moment when you go from that to, to training camp, when you go from training camp in preseason to regular season. So it's a process however you look at it. And, you know, I, I hear people say, oh, you know, you shouldn't look, take, take, take it too seriously but you should because like you said you you prep and you you want to dominate that moment to get ready for the next moment so you're not go, you're not regressing you're progressing and, and i think it's important for guys to really give their best and then you know, once you give a little bit they shut you down and they kind of now you get to process it and get ready for the next stage and into the real thing yeah and you know what's cool about summer league is like the the court side area is usually you know spackled with star players the more veteran star players coming to see their youngins and it's really become a whole event it's it's very i would say the energy of summer league is very positive everybody's happy to see each other everybody's hopeful and happy because it's a new season everybody's fresh slate 
Uh, well, Ross, you know, so everybody want to hang out in Vegas. You know, London. you see a GMs. You see it's easy to get guys to come in. You know, the organization say, hey, guys, I need you to come in for a couple of days you know, in <laughs> Vegas. All right, cool. Like, that's easy. And you, you they, they fly you in? You know that. Come on. Yeah, that's no, it's a vibe for sure. People are outside having fun. I mean, you could get mm-hmm. tied up out there too. But, say I mean, it it's become a thing. Like, it's packed <laughs> out. The, the fans yeah. are in the arena. You know, you would think these are just regular season NBA games. And sometimes I have seen that some of, like, the top picks – have seemed a little bit tight or nervous under that pressure. Now, I know you didn't do Summer League, but as a top draft pick, did you feel the expectations of everyone on your shoulders? For sure, preseason. I mean, it was it was an opportunity, but, you know, this is the chance for them to get that out, to get to pre, uh, to the preseason games and you know, where, it's, it, where it's different and, and it's more expectation. Right now, it's just like, you know, it, it's just like the – the warm up to, you know, you dominate there, you figure it out and you get comfortable. And then it's just going to be, you know, new expectations, new, new uncomfortable situations that you can learn because now you're going to start playing against guys and you're playing against guys now who are still trying to get a job, but you're just figuring it out. So it's okay to mess up. And then now, you know, you, you take it with a grain of salt because you want to see what you have and the fans of your teams want to see, yes. you know, the potential. And then when you put it all together, you know, I, I hope fans, you know, go in it with an open mind saying, hey, this guy is now trying to learn the NBA game with all the talent that they have and mesh the two together because that is super important for guys to understand. Like some of these guys, young guys walk in like, man, I'm talented, but you also have to take your talent and mesh it with the actual game and other players that you're going to play in because a lot of these guys get featured right now. And that may not be the case when the season starts as you, you being the feature guy, you're a complimentary guy. That's and that role is as important and they need to understand that as well. Absolutely. You know, I was uh, covering a Rockets game and the number three draft pick, uh, Jabari Smith Jr. was playing. And I, you know, during the games, we interviewed some of the, the stars that are on the sidelines. So we talked with Jalen Green, who was mm-hmm. there and I interviewed him and I was like, you know, what is that? What is it like to handle the attention that comes with all eyes on these top draft picks? And Jalen was like, you know what? Like when I started, it took me a while to find my confidence because at first I was nervous. But he's like one thing he found from summer league to the regular season as a rookie himself uh, last year was the lights get brighter. The lights get brighter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, like, you know, this is just the beginning. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. only going to get more intense. And so mm-hmm. just coming into your own as a man and who you are on the court um, right. goes a long way. So it's exciting. But, you know, speaking of who was on the sidelines, you know who was in the arena? I wasn't. Who? Kyrie Irving. Oh, that's right. It was cool. I saw Kyrie. I was like, what up, Kyrie? Actually, Kyrie's been all over the place. He was at an L.A. Sparks game courtside mm-hmm. representing mm-hmm. holding it down for the ladies um he then went to vegas uh and was i forget which game he was sitting at but he was courtside and it was obviously everybody is wondering what's gonna happen with the nets so he was courtside there so i was just thinking like what are your I, I like it them? man what i like it i mean it's just you know it's it's you know and i, I hear i heard people say like for for russ that they, he, he shouldn't be there um, you know, same thing for, for Kyrie. I mean, Russ was at a Lakers game supporting. And and that just tells me about, you know, and I know we talk about Kyrie, but like for Russ, that's just, it's bigger than basketball. As of right now, he's still a Laker. And he's supporting those, those guys in that team. And just think, you're a new guy, a new uh, rookie, 
or trying to make a team and you look and you see Braun, you see Russ, whether they're sitting together or not, they're there to support that team. And the same thing with Kyrie. I mean, for him not hiding, he just, you know, he's living his life. Right. It's bigger than basketball to him, which he said. So I like that he's still, you know, in the, ba- in, in, in the building and, you know, was he at a Nets game? Was he at a Laker game? Because I know if he was at he one wasn't of those at games. It, 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 and that's what I'm saying. It I knew it would Nets, blow the Lakers. roof off. I forget yeah, so, which one, but I know it was one of the games that I was covering. And that just says he just likes he just likes basketball. He you know, like that's, he, he likes, that, that's it. You know, why and, can't and, and that's, that's what's up. That's like, what's up. why do they? Nobody has to go in hiding because of this. And I think summer league is a vibe. There's visibility opportunities there. Yeah. There's marketing mm-hmm. opportunities, business opportunities. There's all sorts of player meetings ha- happening, NBPA player meetings happening. There's all sorts of events and and brands activating there. Why would any player feel that they shouldn't be able to come pull up and sit courtside to whatever game, whether they're being discussed in a trade or not? Um, I think that and, that would be like punishing that player. And they're the right. one that's the pro. And Ross, like you said, it he was at a Sparks game. So he's he, that just clearly shows he loves basketball and he supports players in the game of basketball. You know, you've heard him say it's like a brotherhood. This is a small brotherhood, believe it or not, when you talk about the amount of players in the game and. He loves to watch basketball, you know, whether he takes his hiatuses or not. I get, it show, it tells me that he, he, he just has an appreciation for basketball and just see what's out there. I mean, you know, you like to see the competition out there, the young guys that you see, you get to see them live, and, you know, that's what it is. Right, but it did make the place murmur, I swear. Kyrie walked in the building, and the whole place was buzzing. All the producers, I was working a game, they were like, go ask Kyrie for an interview. And in my head, I'm <laughs> like, yeah, Kyrie's going to give me the answers to why he, <laughs> to to what, what he's to doing all of, right Why now. are you here? Like, yeah, what's going on? You're here <laughs> yeah, because of what now? Yeah, during the summerly <laughs> three-minute interview d- between timeouts, that's really where Kyrie's going to choose to deliver the news. I was like, man, but you know, you look, that's, that's the you, way you tell Hey, that's Kyrie, you never know. You never know. <laughs> No, you never know. But, but I guess it brings us to the, the, the conversation of the Nets and what's going on with KD, reported to ask for a trade. It's been kind of quiet since then. What do you think is the, the best place for KD to play ball next season? It, it's, it's, it's such a, a tough answer. But when we're talking about Kevin Durant, anywhere he goes is going to make that a hot destination the best place because I mean obviously you want him to be in situations where he has uh, you know a, a team that supports it that can support him and go deep into the playoffs when you have Kevin Durant on your team your team is expected and, and you feel like they should be going they should be playing deep into the playoffs so uh, you know he is Kevin Durant and if he stays in Brooklyn I, I, I think that th- that will put some pressure on the team to get some guys in there. I mean, whether you keep Kyrie or you move him for, with somebody else, you, 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 got, you got to bring in another piece. I mean, KD, um, you know, Ben Simmons and whoever that other person can be, hopefully can uplift and you put the right pieces around him in Brooklyn. I'm talking about, you know, you never know if he goes somewhere else. I mean, like it's KD is a guy that you can plug and play anywhere. I mean, he, he proved that in, in, in Golden State. You know, he went from, oh, I'm going to play my way to buying in and look what he did with that team and look what he became as a, you know, as a, a team guy and in an offensive weapon. So I just think anywhere KD goes, it's going to, it's going to, you know, 
propel your team or give your team an opportunity as long as you put the right pieces around him. With a guy like that who is gifted one-on-one, put shooters around him, my opinion. Yeah. Do you, do you think it would be a better situation? You know, I know he, apparently on his list of faves, the Phoenix Suns were there, the Miami Heat were there. Could his best opportunity also be to just stay with the Nets and play with Kyrie? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, if, if, if it works, I think, you know, the commitment to, you know, obviously having Kyrie around because you're talking about KD and Kyrie, the one-two punch like that is just – it's just tough. Like, it, the reality is, like, that's, that's a tough guard. Then you add a guy like Ben Simmons, and then people are like, oh, Ben Simmons. What? But what Ben Simmons does is he can push the pace. They get out and transition more. They don't have to worry about running the offense, just score because Ben is a great facilitator. That makes them dangerous. That makes them extremely dangerous. So, I, I, I mean – if things don't work out where he goes to Phoenix, worst case scenario, he stays in Brooklyn with the group he has. Then you add Joe Harris back. You have Seth Curry. You know, you have shooting. You know, you get you some rebounding, uh, you know, and, and just guys who can plug into what you're trying to do. That can be a very good basketball team. And I think as free agency goes on, as they figure out what they're going to do, it'll be easy to get free agents, free agents that you need for your team because God's going to want to play with that. So if KD ends up staying in Brooklyn and you're one of his teammates, should they feel any way about this period here where, where he may have asked for a trade or, or is it just up oh, water under the bridge? Let's go play some ball. I mean, as a, as a, as a what can you do as a, as a guy coming in as a free agent? What, like, what can you really say? I mean, KD, are you going to be here next year? Like, did you really mean it? Like, I mean, even if he meant it and it didn't work out, it, you know, this is the situation we're dealt with in the current moment. Um, you know, uh, as a free agent, I think when you're coming in, a guy who wants to win and you see the potential there, that would probably be the question with to KD you have prior to signing. He's like, hey, bro, if you're all in, which, uh, and, and that's it, we're talking about KD here who loves the hoop. So mm-hmm. that, that's just a general, like a general question. Like, bro, you all in. I'm there to help this team grow and us give us an opportunity. Yeah. And if we can get, the group together to be all in, it can win. So, I mean, that's just the question. I mean, I, I, and you, I guess the question, that question is more directed towards Kyrie because of what we've seen transpire, more so than KD, because we know KD wants to play and he's going to play when he can play. Uh, you know, we, it's more so, hey, man, I know you wanted to trade. This is, it, you know, you don't want to be that free agent. You get there and then come around December All-Star break. <laughs> he's He's trying to get out of there, so. Right, right. You really want to know. It's a tough situation. Yeah. Uh, But I think anytime you get a chance to play with KD, you would would think about it as a free agent. You know, anytime you're on a team with KD, you're having an opportunity to contend. But perhaps, do you think it's maybe a new look at leadership for for the Nets? Like, you know, who's leading this group? I think if you keep this group, you get you a, a, a veteran. You know, I'm always vouched for veterans, but you get you a guy who, who can handle that position because, like I said before, I've played with superstars that weren't vocal leaders. They led by example. You know, their, their availability, their awareness, their everything. And when they had something to say, they said what they had to say. But if you know, we're trying, sometimes we try to make guys or players to be what they aren't or don't feel comfortable being maybe at that time or – at all. And, you know, I, I think KD has that, you know, he's a leader. You can, you see him going, he's in guy's ear, you know, when he chooses to. But, you, mm-hmm. you know, to get somebody to support that and help help out with that. 
so he doesn't have to feel the onus to be the vocal leader of the team because if there isn't one, you know, things go bad. I look at Miami Heat, you know, when they, they have veterans like that who, you know, who, who look at Haslam. He doesn't play, but when he speaks, everybody listens. Yeah. You know, the thing is with the East is that teams are teams are getting better. You know, the competition throughout the NBA, everybody's, you know, getting better year after year. So, you know, you've got the Heat that was just the one seed. You've got the Bucks coming back hungry that I think, you know, could could also have contended for the championship. Went mm-hmm. through the Celtics. Celtics just got bat just got better. Um, out adding in Brogdon and then Gallinari. I think they you know, they they've become a, even more of a contender and they just went to the finals. Do you think in this improving East that a run it back nets with K D and, and Kyrie come out of the East or are they closer they make to coming noise. out of the East or closer to, you know, getting run out of the first round again? Uh, it depends on seeding. It depends on Ben Simmons, really think- too. Yeah, yes, and, and that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It, well, that, I mean, it's with well, their seeding and everything that falls under that umbrella, like Ben Simmons, obviously, and, and, and KD and, and, and where they are. Because if, if KD, let's say KD and Kyrie and the team as constructed, and now Kyrie is available for 85% of the, of the season, they're probably going to win some games. That puts them in a better seed. So... Uh, you know, instead of putting him in the lower seat, playing against a very hot team, you know, it just they they came, they limped into the playoffs, point blank, and they tried to get it going and try to you know create the magic that we felt they had, and it's just tough. Like I I don't think they, I don't think teams feared them, even though they were together because they were still trying to find their rhythm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So as opposed to if they're playing all year, you know they've been kicking your butt all year. Now you're like, man, we gotta deal with these boys again. I think the fear narrative was something that the media created and wasn't something that necessarily was being felt by players. Like, um, I remember towards playoffs, people were, um, media networks, producers that I had were trying to have us put together the question, are the Nets the most dangerous eight seed ever? Should teams be trying to dodge the Nets? And I actually was covering some of the top four teams uh, in the East, and I remember interviewing players, and I won't put it all out there, but I was asking you know, how how fearful should you be of the Nets? And I got responses like, hey, I think all, all of the top teams in these, I think we're, we're, we're you know, mm-hmm. fearful as well. Like, I think we're a great mm-hmm. team as well. And, and, and it turned out to be just that. But sometimes um, these moments of drama bring a group together and, and bond them in a way. Like, let's say the Nets do end up staying together this might end up being something where they can hold on and be it's us versus the world. And in pro ball, I feel like every team is looking for an edge and a chip. So uh, I'm going to say something to that. So uh, and if that happens, they need to start in the summer with that mentality. They need to get together as a team, work out together, play ball together, kind of like what the Charlotte Hornets did you know all of their guys were in they had every player in there playing pickup trying to build that bond immediately so you don't have to create that in preseason or in training camp it was already there and i think that's something that needs to happen with the brooklyn nets if they keep their team together well regardless but i I feel like that's something that needs to happen and now i I think leadership that's where the, the the leadership of kd needs to take place i mean maybe it doesn't happen vocally but when he creates if whatever their team hey all y'all make sure y'all hear I'm 
I'm footing the bill. I'm whatever. I'm 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 I'm, I'm written out gyms. We all getting together. We're working out. That's where his leadership needs to take up more. So. Then people wanted him to be vocal and being in social media and telling us how he told such such. No, you get your team together, rally your team because they when they talk, they will listen. You know, yeah. guys will follow. I think KD's leadership also uh, may come a little bit earlier. I mean, he has every right um, to explore. You know, to say Absolutely. if he wants to get traded, to to see if there's mm-hmm. other options for him to play. But at some point, if he's serious about putting together some kind of effort that can contend, he may have to take on the responsibility of, all right, at what point do I let this go and then also give my attention to this team so that we can properly, and also our executive staff can properly build around who they know they have. And that's it's hard for any team to buy right. into anything if you don't know who you're going to war with. And so at right. some no. point, this is not just Absolutely. a KD convo, it's anybody who is in trade convos, asking for a trade. At some point, if if you are going to end up staying and working with the team towards winning, you've got to allow mm-hmm. people to know, should they build around you? Should they commit to this roster and should we all buy in and so that's a tricky Mm -hmm. line for him to walk i'm not going to say that's easy but at some point he may have some tough you know decisions to make about how he moves i i'm I'm, i agree with that and and it's just and it has to come with the communication of the organization and and kd um for sure and, and and come to a conclusion at some point because as you let this linger on you start losing losing free agents or maybe there's not the trade that they want because i feel like as much as people say kd has the power and i feel like the organization also has the power because they can choose not to accept any trade does he have now, the power might, isn't he for you may, yeah, I, that, and that's people? what i'm saying like i'm just, I'm just saying what, what people are saying but you know he, they have the they have the right i mean obviously they say hey, he can deny the trade but well if he denies the trade well then nothing happens and you probably end up being in brooklyn yeah. and if he ends up in brooklyn you want to have the team the best possible team you can put together to win and or to get out of the first round more than anything i think the first step for the brooklyn nets this year is making the playoffs and getting past the first round particularly if you keep Kyrie and KD together. So I mean, and it's, it's, boy. it's I mean, it's, boy, it's I know boy, boy. it's imagined, but I, I think they're very capable of it because when you add Ben Simmons, because this thing, if you have Ben Simmons, you just give them another element. You give them more rebounding. You give them more. Uh, you give them the opportunity to play faster. Uh, you you don't expect KD to to do it all as far as the facilitator. Now you're talking about a KD that doesn't have to facilitate as much. You know, you first what. now, you know, and just score, man, please. I tell you what, boy, does life come at you fast. You're over here talking about the first goal for a Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving team is to get out of the first round. Weren't we just talking about championship or bust when they brought all them go- dudes in there? So, man, uh-huh. things move fast in the NBA. Yes, it does. It really does. All right, people, we're brought to you by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app ever, and honestly, the only one you need. It's not just about the big bonuses and boosts and promos that you get. It's the fact that every time you bet, whether you win or lose, you're earning towards the types of perks only Caesars can offer, free stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. That's because when you download the Caesars Sportsbook app, you become a Caesars Rewards member, and that means perks. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. 
I'll turn this into something else around around the KD conversation. At first, the Jazz they were kind of shutting down any inquiries or talk about moving uh, Donovan Mitchell, and mm-hmm. now there are rival teams saying that the Jazz are showing willingness to listen on possible trade scenarios. So, um, and that's according to you know reports from ESPN. Mm-hmm. How valuable would Donovan Mitchell, All Star guard? be in a trade package for Kevin Durant. I think that, that I, I said this a while ago. I, I thought once the Gobert trade happened, I thought he is a, 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 a key piece to make that deal happen. I mean, you know, to, to you know, we, we always, we always heard about Mitchell potentially going to the New York Knicks. Well, now he can get close and go to the Nets to make that trade move to do a three team trade, possibly, you know, maybe the swap, and then maybe you see Aiton go to the Jazz, giving them the big man that they lost. And then maybe you get some pieces that are uh, uh, that fall into this trade to help build the Jazz roster as well as the Nets roster. Because KD goes to, to to Phoenix, they don't need they don't need much. They don't need much over there. Is is Donovan, But they will need rebounding. Um, is Donovan Mitchell that guy to you? Like, is he that guy to you? I think he is that guy. That guy, is he can hoop, man. Let me tell you something. He can play, and he wants to get better. One of the things I admired about Donovan as a young boy, when I met him, man, he, was on t- he was just like, he asked questions. Like, he kept, hey, what you think? Tell me. Listen. I mean, and when you're talking, he is faith. I mean, he is looking you in the eyes and listening. I've had great conversations. I had a great conversation with him. Uh, it was Donovan. Uh, Dominique and I, the three of us, we're sitting there talking about not just dunks, and it was, it was a great picture that that was showed, and I have it in my phone somewhere. But just talking, you know, to him and just listening, how he listens and he wants to get better. He wants to like that guy wants to be great. Mm-hmm. He wants to be great, and you know, and I admire him. He puts the work in, and you can just see he goes about his business the right way. And you know, he's had some you know unfortunate situations where they just haven't gotten it done uh, after having a very good season, regular season. So I, I, I think. The Donovan Mitchell that we know that works his butt off to, to want to be the, the uh, a great player, and if he gets moved to get a fresh start, at he's going to be scared. At he's going to be scared. At this point of Donovan Mitchell's career, what advice would you give him to take it to the next level? Keep grinding, because I, I think he has it. He because it's not you don't have to beg or 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 question if he wants to get better he wants to get better that that's understood and you just continue to grow i mean i watched his growth i mean you you put i always believe when you have young superstars you put veterans around them that that can help them get to another level and help them grow i thought mike conley really helped him Mm -hmm. grow as a player as a leader you started seeing donovan Moore getting go putting his arm around other guys and 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 encouraging them and being in the corner. Hey, keep shooting. You know, I called a couple of games um, uh, this year with him and watching them, and he just, in his encouragement, when guys miss shots, hey, keep shooting. Regardless of he and Gobert and he missed shots, he, he continued to con, con, uh, encourage him regardless of, you know, what we perceive them to have. So I feel like he's going to get there and he'll gain and, and have new life if he's moved to another team. But I feel like whoever gets him, wherever he goes or if he stays, he needs a to continue having a veteran in his corner because he's he's he asks questions. He's he, he's uh, he's coachable. Mm-hmm. He wants to he like he absorbs everything you know oh. you tell him. So I, I feel like he's on the way. 
He's awesome. Um, you and him really are on, on my same all NBA team of top five uh, all human beings in the NBA. Like, like just such a sweetheart. Um, you know, has time and, and for everyone. Um, is kind, is patient, um, is consistent. And I see that playing out in, in who he is as a superstar. And I think he also has that talent too. Um, there have been talks about potentially, you know, Knicks trying to maneuver to make a play at him. In your experience, Vince, is are the New York Knicks and playing at the Garden and the Mecca? And I'm from New York, so I'm biased. But is that is that the goal? Is that the golden standard? Or is it is it something you would have maybe looked away from as a player? Because playing for the Knicks, the Knicks, the New York media is on you. It's hard to be in the spotlight of the Knicks. You know, and if you don't know about the spotlight, then you know you, you, you're in you're in awe when you walk in there. And you're like, God, leave me! It was just a bad game. It happens, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you, you, you know. I learned. I, like I said, I played in Jersey for five years, and I mean, I know it's just you know, it's not obviously New York. I mean the Knicks, but it's I, I get it. I've seen it. You know, you see you know all of the things that are said, but you have to be a special kind of player to handle that. And, and you know, you can brush off whatever is said to you, and you confident, you're confident in your game. And I think Donovan is that kind of guy. Um, so I, I look at it differently now. I think back in my time as a young guy playing for the Knicks, it was more so just the history and like the mecca of basketball. You could wear a Knicks uniform like that. It doesn't get any better than that. I think now. Maybe guys have appreciation for New York Knicks basketball and it's the Mecca and everything and the history behind it. But I think more now it's just opportunity to win mm -hmm. it more so than, you know, you go, if you're going to go to Knicks, Oh, do we have opportunity to win? Do, are the pieces that we have a chance or, you know, whatever. So, and then if you're winning with that in New York, bro, you're like, you're going to run New York like, for real, bro, for as real. you know, um, you win in New York, so you I, run I, the I, world. You win in New York, you run yeah. the world. That's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, you, I you're right. Biased, I mean, it's so, just you know, I mean, but no, I mean, I mean, I remember <laughs> playing against them like as as a young young boy, and they them bouncing me out my first time in the playoffs, and just like it was like I mean, the fans just like talking junk to us, like yeah, y'all won, y'all swept us, all right, cool. I got my redemption the next year, but it's just they're so loyal and they're thirsting for a a a, a team that makes noise in the playoffs, like they did two years ago. I mean, obviously they lost to the Hawks. You know, I mean, but they were so good, and you, they were like, "Okay, maybe we can." So, but you just see how they rallied behind them, and obviously they fell short. But okay, so I mean, you get Donovan Mitchell there; it makes things easier to get free agents. I mean, they already have a decent team, you know, a very good team, very good, uh, very good young talent. You add Donovan Mitchell, guys, going to start wanting to come there to play with that. Yeah, what what stands out to you as a memory? of uh -oh. you playing at Madison Square Garden or the Mecca. Do you have a moment in your career or something that stands out or you saw someone on the sidelines or you remember the way it feels playing at the Garden, an iconic arena? I have all of that. <laughs> Go for <laughs> I it. I have all of that. You know, I mean, you, look, I'm going to start with Spike. You think about with Spike and his loyalty to the Knicks and then you think about his banter between MJ his banter between Reggie and then being a part of that type of thing with him playing against him in the playoffs and the fans already booing to, but you could actually hear Spike talking junk to you now. Like it wasn't to the level of, you know, MJ and, 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 and Pippen and, and, and Reggie, but you know, that's when you're like, 
you know, hey, I'm, I've arrived. Like now, now this guy is talking junk to me of playing against his team. And uh, one of the other things is, you know, I mean, having a big games, big dunks, big moments in, in, in the in the garden. It's like it's cool when and it's no. Uh, well, I won't even name a city because you know people get uh, or an arena because people get sensitive about it. But it's cool scoring, you know, 35, 40, 45 points in in some arenas. But when you could do that in the garden. When they don't, they're not rooting for you at all. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, it's very few people who are wearing Raptors jerseys when we were playing there. But there were a few, <laughs> and you can still do it in the garden. Like I mean, it didn't get any better than that. And then the other one is thinking about that first playoffs, uh, uh, making the playoffs and playing the Knicks and going through. So they had the Jordan rules, and and, and Van Gundy said he made rules like it was the first time I was actually. I mean, I was a fo- focal point of a team, obviously, but. It, it got to the point where we changed our offense where I had to play the point guard just to, because they were double-teaming me, and they still double-teamed me at half court. I had never seen anything like that, and I didn't have the, the, the greatest playoffs, and you know people talk back, but like they, they made sure they made it tough for me, uh, and I had to utilize other guys, my willingness to make plays for everybody else. I mean, I, I don't even know what I averaged. I, I, I mean, I averaged double figures, obviously, but other guys like Mac, T-Mac had a great series, and like, oh, man, maybe Mac was – I was like, you know, it was they made my life hell point blank my, that first playoffs and 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 I once I figured it out and 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 understood like I mean I was seeing triple teams and I mean I, when I was scoring I earned I, like like they said oh, you, I earned my baskets like if you go back and watch that playoff series like you're like bro triple teams and I had to, I, I was literally watching film trying to figure out how to score you know not one on one not even double teams like triple teams coming you know they're just because I had I had success against them in the in, in the regular season. So it's like, no, not in the playoffs. And you said the lights get brighter. That's something you, you said at the top of the show. The lights get brighter and the stage gets bigger. And the lights got brighter. The stage get big, got bigger and it was a lot tougher. I mean, they were just more physical. Uh, it was slower. I mean, back in that day, the game was half court in the East anyway. And it was just like, man, I worked hard to get a bucket. And uh, I'll I, I never forget that. And it motivated me to to get the season started again. And once I saw we played them again, it, it was like, yes, sir. Yeah. And we were able to close out the series in New York, it, which was an unbelievable feeling. So at all of those things I talked about, getting swept, you know, do I have it? Could I lead a team? Couldn't wait for the next season to play the Knicks again and then close the series out in New York on their floor was like insane, <sighs> insane. Okay, Vince. So I gotta hear from you on this topic. Uh, Chris Broussard, um, he was being criticized for saying that uh, Toronto wouldn't be a likely destination for Kevin Durant because, and I wanna make sure to quote him right, he said, great city, but it's not America. And you feel it when you're there, I'm telling you, especially Mm -hmm. as an African-American. It's a different situation than African-Americans are used to being in. And he gave that perspective. And I'm just curious, there's no one better to speak to than you as someone who helped build the foundation for the Raptors franchise. And I see your body language. You know, what's your reflect? What's your reaction to that? And what was your experience living in Toronto like? I've had my ups and downs with Toronto for whatever reason, you know, being traded and all that. But one thing Toronto is not is an awkward city for an African American. <laughs> Let me tell you, you know, it's it just and it's disappointing because I, I know I've seen Chris Broussard there before, and you know it's okay to visit, but live there. Well, I re up there, 
There's other players who, who re-up there. There's p- players who are dying to, to, to get to Toronto, saying Toronto one, was one of the best-kept secrets, which was I'm well-documented saying that 20 years ago. And, and it's, just, it's just disappointing to hear, hear that. Uh, I'm just like, where, where, do you get, where do you get that information from? Who has, who, what players have you quoted? You know, is that your personal opinion? No, it's not America. Well, there's a lot of players who said when they go there, it feels just like that. It feels like a clean, uh, a cleaner uh, city in, in, in America. It feels like, you know, it gets windy like, like being in Chicago. It gives you a New York feel. You know, I, 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 it just, it just I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, Do you- as an African-American, real quick, like there's African, you go to other cities, like, you know, there's people who come from the hoods and hoods of, of, of different cities and go to, suburbs and living there well that's different you know but you adjust like i i don't i don't know brad i i it was disappointing to hear because i i, I mean i like chris i, I know him very mm-hmm. you know very yeah. well and to, to hear that i'm like bro like wh- what are we doing here what are we saying what like where are you getting this from like i i've not, i just look here i all of my friends <laughs> all of my friends who have ever come to toronto to visit uh, going to Carabana. Uh, I used to do mm-hmm. uh, 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 um, a charity game during Carabana. I used to have guys begging me, <laughs> Roz, begging me. Like, I got my number. I don't know how they got my number. Hey, make sure I can get on your, your, your I want to get on your, 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 um, your list of guys to play in the game because they love the city. They love the people. They love what they have to offer. And as they, they learn the game and grow, like, look at, look at the city now. Like, guys, like, look at how they support their team. Yeah, you know, I, still, uh, I personally, I still haven't been to Caravan. I'm trying to get out there. <laughs> and actually, when I talk to NBA players, and I love to play this game, I'm like, "What? Give me your top five NBA cities." Toronto is solidly always mentioned. That's so crazy. That's, but, that's okay. what I'm saying. So, but and, and Rod, I'm sorry to cut you off. But that's my thing. It's like, okay, you make the report, and maybe that's off of how he feels. But on something like that, if you're gonna throw that out, maybe you should go ask some of the players, former and current. What they think about to get a poll and then before you throw that out there, see if that's like that makes sense because it doesn't okay. make sense, man. I'll give you devil's advocate, too. Um, it is. And I know this from having been on the team side, being a reporter with a team locally and traveling on the team plane and things like that. It's got to be a little there is a little bit of logistical difference in that. Every time you fly in and out of the country, you got to deal, at least when we were doing it, you had to go through customs and do the passport thing. And it's, it's you're rolling just your like eyes. When you go on, just like when you go on vacation. Right. <laughs> out of but the country. I don't go on vacation 80-something times. I don't go 82 times a year outside the country. It's not 80 because you're playing half at home, but 40 times out the year, you know. Okay. But that's, so, okay. So, yeah. But it's just like. It's just it's a, like it's any. A small thing, but. Okay, right, but it's just like anything. Like the dress code was changed. Everybody complained about it till you got used to it. Just like the rule changed, we all complained about it till you got get used to it. I'll be the first to tell you, we complained all the time about customs, but at the same time, you got used to it. It just became a part of your daily routine. You know, that's just that's just what it is. Just like you go to a team and you're used to having late shoot arounds or no shoot arounds, and you go to the team. You know, when I, I, when I got to Orlando, we had Stan Van Gundy where we had early shoot-arounds, we had taped, and we had to wear knee pads. Couldn't stand it, but we got used to it. We got used to it, and that's just the way it was going to be. And 
you know, you, that's why you have preseasons. I mean, every, every, you have, every time you go out and, yeah, as a visitor, you're used to flying into a team, I mean, into a city, land and go to your hotel. Well, that's not the case there. And it the, sounds like what the NBA is trying to do. They're trying to expand and put teams everywhere else. Well, they're going to see it twice a year from, you know, or whatever, from, and do two different countries. So, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. And I think that's, like I said, that's just a small thing, you know, to, to, to what you get when you get there. People are happy. People enjoy <laughs> Toronto when they leave there. Trust okay. me. Do you feel like as a superstar that the visibility for players in Toronto was different than those in the U.S. and the marketing opportunities? Back then. Back then. But now they're, they're, they're getting more opportunity. They're on TV way more than, than it was back at, you know, when I was at my, 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 my peak, when I was doing my thing. Like, when I got my first time to play on TV, I did what I had to do. And, and we used to fight all the time. Give us a chance. Put us on TV more. Just let the people see what the city has to offer. And, to, 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 and now you look at it. I mean, you see the Raptors on TV often. Even now. They, they don't have the, 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 the superstar like the Kawhi that they had. And they still get TV again because they play hard. And they're winning. And they get into the playoffs. And, and you know, that's what you, you, people want to see. So... I just, you know, that was the issue back in the day, like trying to get guys there that, you know, it's just, it was, you know, one, people didn't know about the city and two, visibility. And that was our thing. But, you know, we took advantage. And I say we, Tracy and I took advantage of the opportunities we finally got on the dunk contest. When we finally got on that national stage, we made a splash, you know, because hey, if you're doing your thing, they're going to find you. Right. That's just like a college kid playing in small school, whether it's football, basketball. You're doing your thing, they're going to find you. If your team winning, they're going to find you. They're going to want to see you. They're going to want to put you on because you're going to bring money to their their program or organization or network. So, I, I mean, yes, I, I've been through it. So I've been on both sides of it where trying to, to gain, you know, trying to get get seen and, and, and want want to be – on the stage of all of the superstars, like playing in a, in a, in a New York. And, and, and I, you, you, it, 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 I got the opportunity to see the difference as I got to New, to Jersey. Once I was traded there, it's like it was different. But now it's, it's, that, it's not like that now. They get that opportunity. And guess what? Every time they show a, a Raptors game, what are you going to see? Jurassic Park. Because they have things. They have things that, that, that attract you to. It's like it's a live place that people are starting to understand what, it's, what Toronto has to offer. Yeah. And I think, too, that has to do with the advancement of, of technology, of social media, of content creation. There's so many ways to storytell around individual athletes, around teams. And then, of course, success. You know, big shout out to what Masai Ujiri has been able to do Absolutely. there more recently in, in the tenure of the Raptors and, and winning that chip with Kawhi Leonard. Um, I remember putting guys in the all star game. Right. right. Guys like, but you know, I, because you, you pay attention. But I remember covering the. Uh, Kawhi championship run and when they won it wasn't just like a city or even like a state celebrating you you felt the vindication country. for an entire country, country and it was that's, just that's so monumental about. and huge and it was like a huge sigh of relief and I was like wow and, and that's something that's something that that's something that and I, I hope we can get Kyle on here because that's something that you can't – every player doesn't get the opportunity to experience that. Like, you, like you, you, Golden State, 
So San Francisco, Oakland, they get to, you know, bask in the glory of it. And fans around the world, cool. But when you win, when, when they win the championship in Toronto, this is all of Canada. <laughs> like, regardless of, you know, what you talk about, it's like they have one team and they support that. Like, every Canadian is now like my team. We won because they represented their country. And, and it, it, it's just next level. So for as, you know, the flip side is for as much as we didn't get the notoriety in the States in the beginning. I'm speaking back then, obviously all through Canada, China, you know, in other countries you start getting it. And that's, that's major for your marketing as, cause I tell you what, I did well in the summer when I was going to China, <laughs> I did well because of that mm-hmm. uh, alone, you know? So uh, I, I think you just, you have, you know, you have the love of the States now. And, 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 and I think Scotty Barnes is going to start getting that. You get the love of the, you know, the States and people love him. And then all of Canada is supporting that young man. And I mentioned him because I got the opportunity to present him his rookie of the year award. So I, I think this is just, you know, it's just so far fetched, and it, it kind of it kind of bothered me because I spent six years there, yeah. and seeing it grow to what it is now, and when you go there now, you don't feel like oh I'm just in some foreign country and I don't know how to function. <laughs> Everywhere you go feels just like being in the in the states. It's yeah, just, it's just crazy, bro. I, yeah, you know, as, as we wrap wrap this up. Um, I just want to make sure to give a big shout out to you because you were a huge part of the foundation of culture, of tradition, of success for the Toronto Raptors. So I just want to give you your love too. Appreciate it. I, I mean, we got to show love to like, you know, for Cal, obviously, who, who who's mm-hmm. spent more time and DeMar and what uh, Chris Bosch, obviously Mac and, and the originators. I always like to give, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, my, my guy who I talked to, uh, Mighty Mouse, uh, David Stoudemire, you know, those guys, and uh, Marcus Camby, the originators, and I say as far as draft picks, and, and then you move forward to, you know, what guys are doing now. So, you know, I, I am proud to be a part of that foundation, and, 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 and it's, it was a proud moment, to be honest, to be, actually be in the building um, to see to, to when they won and to see a playoff game looking like it did in Toronto. I remember Tra- Tracy and I, we were sitting there, and Mac turned to me. He said, man, these guys are like one game away from winning the championship. Like, how crazy is that? Thinking back where we started and what we were trying to accomplish and then see what Kyle and, 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 and Kawhi were able to do, what DeMar, what, what Bosh, and all these guys in between, and, you know, all of, you know, all of the guys that probably don't get, um, get mentioned, you know, the Alvin Williams, you know, the, the glue, the, the pieces to – what the culture has become. Obviously, Masai and the ownership, you know, they're willing to bring Masai in and allow him to do what he's done. You know, now, I mean, and, and the coaches that Nick Nurse, he deserves unbelievable credit because what did we say once Kawhi left? We said, mm, I don't know if they're going to be good. Or, and then now we say, what do we say it with when now Kawhi and Kyle left? I don't know. They, he has them playing hard. They still have a chance. You know, they, you, know you, you can't just say, oh, uh, they don't have a star. Pascal Siakam, what Fred Van Vliet ha- has done this year, earning the bag out there. Like, you know, they, it's just it's now become a culture and a way of life out there. So shout out to, to the Raptor organization. 
All right, all right. That's a wrap of the VC show. Another great episode. I was in my feelings a little bit tonight, thanks to Roz, but it's all good. It's nothing but love, man. Keep listening to us. You can listen to us wherever you can find your podcast. We out of here. Let's go. See you next week.